Hey, I'm Angie. And I'm Emily. Being a creative person in the corporate space can be really tough, and we should know. Join us to talk about how to be a right brain in a left-brained world. It's The Artist at Work. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We have a special treat today is I am interviewing my good pal, Emily. So we are going to just dive right in, but I'm super excited about all the nuggets she's going to share with us. It's definitely going to be at least a nine piece. <laughs> Gross. Emily, just to kick things off, can you just tell us about yourself, where you're from, where you went to school, um, how you found your inner artist. Hi, uh, happy to be here. Thanks for, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I grew up in a tiny little town outside of Pittsburgh called Swickley, Pennsylvania, perhaps most famous for um, being the setting for the 1993-ish movie House Guest, starring none other than Phil Hartman and Sinbad, uh, the year 2020's favorite acting talents. Um, I went to Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois, and stayed in Chicago after graduating um, and lived there, lived in the Chicago land area for 18 whole years. And in mid-2017, moved to Austin, Texas to follow my partner down here who'd been living here for several years. And um, yeah, I, I was a very typical, typically introverted artsy kid. Um, I, I did a lot of like making books and doing drawings and reading at recess. I was, um, very, very independent and had a lot of these very quiet pursuits, uh, creatively speaking, and then would do things like make my first strong arm, much, much like Angie, um, told us last week, I would do a lot of strong arming my friends into like weird plays. Um, I have a younger sister who was subject to being the star of many of the films that I directed as a youth. (laughs) That Um, tracks. (laughs) I do remember one in particular that ended up being very famous in our family, um, the Molly Sandberg Christmas special, which was weirdly (laughs) enough modeled after like holiday programming from television in the like 1950s and 1960s. (laughs) Also tracks. So yeah, I did a lot of that. I did a lot of very um, kind of on brand for myself as a 39 year old adult creative projects that were a little bit off center, um, but I always had a lot of irons in the fire. And to this day, I'm always sort of working on something that's a little bit weird to others, but feels to me like absolute home. Tell us about your dog. She has a very funny name. Um, we live with a, a spicy lady named Donut. Um, she has her own Instagram. If anybody feels inclined to follow her, her Instagram is her name is donut, which is a name that Angie helped us come up with during one of her and our other friends, Austin trips, um, when donut was a little puppy and she is a quarter cattle dog, a quarter chihuahua, a quarter pit bull and a quarter. What was, uh, what was expressed to us as being called a super mutt. Um, so she's 30 pounds of weird attitude and a lot of social anxiety and, solitary behavior, but also very goofy, goofy behavior. So we, we do like to say that she is definitely our biological dog. I agree with that. And she's very cute. You should definitely follow her. She's like empirically cute. Okay. So, um, you've spent, you know, 
most of your adult life in Chicago and then most recently in Austin. Can you give me your top three favorite things about the cities that you've resided? Oh, wow. We, that's such a good question. Um, and my answer would have been different about each city. Um, had I not spent time at this point living in them. Like I think when I was living in Chicago, my answer would have been like the bars, the restaurants and my friends. And now I think it's probably my friends, the gridded city blocks and the public transportation only because none of those three things exist in the city where I live now. I love my neighborhood in Austin. We live in a really cool part of town, even though we can't do anything right now. I love how casual this city is. I think that this year we've all gotten pretty cash in general, but I, my spouse would laugh at me repeatedly when I would ask a question like, can I wear jeans to dinner? Yeah, it's Austin. You can wear jeans everywhere. Um, so that's certainly a huge, a huge plus for me is how casual everything is. Um, and the third one is probably that it doesn't get dark at 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, like right now, it's currently almost black in my apartment. I'm looking at the sunshine. It's it's quarter after four and it's blue skies. Yeah, you're on a good side of that central zone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you think was the most challenging part of starting a new job in a new city? I think that the most challenging part of it for me was that I didn't have a network here at all. When I would start new jobs in Chicago, I still had a network of people and it was very easy to walk into a lunchroom or stalk someone on LinkedIn and know someone who knew someone I knew. But this was a complete clean slate and I didn't know anybody. I had no network that was local. Um, and so trying to establish a network locally of folks was I, it was it was tricky. It wasn't a, a big, huge, insurmountable challenge, but not having the ability to kind of like make those connections behind the scenes was was hard for me. Yeah, that's the general familiarity. However, you say that word. Yeah, um, and the, the the world, the industry worlds are small wherever you go, and so it was very easy to be working with someone you had worked with five years ago when you were in Chicago and sort of running in the same professional circles. Um, but this was a whole new hula hoop. And it was, it was hard to, to establish myself in one. Makes sense. Um, well, here's a doozy. Oh no. You're turning 40 in January. Yes, she is. How are you? How are you feeling? Just you know, give it, give it to us. <laughs> Not great, Bob, uh, to quote Pete Campbell. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, I've spent most of my year thinking about it and, of course, at the beginning of the year, I was thinking about what kind of blowout we were going to throw for all of our friends and family to celebrate. That's not happening. Um, it's That's tough. such a bummer. We've been talking about your 40th birthday for at least five years. I know. It was going to be cool. Yacht Rock is supposed to be there. I know. I <laughs> know. If you don't know who the Yacht Rock review is, please, fix please fix that. Mm-hmm. They are perfection. Chef's kiss. Um, yeah, I'm feeling one, you know, I'm feeling really nervous and anxious about it, but also as we've said here before, um, there is a, 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 I have shed at least one layer of giving a shit coat. Right. Um, so that's kind of fun. I think at this point, I'm just a little bit sad that I can't share a celebration with my, my loved ones. That makes sense. So where are you finding your inspiration in 2020? That's a really good question. And I think for as long as I've been working, the answer to that has largely been the internet. 
Um, I have a very hard time stepping away from weird rabbit holes in the internet that then have led me a lot of the times to content and creators whom I've been supporting and, and fans of for, for 15 years, maybe. Um, but it's just, everything is very noisy. So I think that maybe in 2020, and it's taken me a long time to learn, and I still have my training wheels on uh, largely about this. Um, journaling has become really helpful for me listening to my own self as crazy as that feels and sounds um, has been super, it's been a nice pause. I have just finally reached some sort of threshold of, of too much content consumption. And it is nice to be able to feel as though I can carve out a space for myself to also create. And I'm kind of gobsmacked by how creative I feel when I'm not looking somewhere else for inspiration. So this is not a message point saying that I am an inspiration to myself, <laughs> but it is, um, I think that time and space have been creatively fulfilling for me this year in a way that I hadn't um, been relying on them to be in the past. Yeah, I agree. I have felt exactly the same way. I think we've, we've spoke about that too. Mm -hmm. Let's see, let's pivot a little bit. Um, something a little bit lighter perhaps. Um, do you have a favorite book you've read this year? You know, I just, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I, I have had a very hard time concentrating on reading this year. Um, but I was able to complete at a real quick pace, um, Andre Leon Talley's recent book called Under the Chiffon Trenches. And it is, he was um, a creative director at Vogue magazine for years and years and years. And it's real dishy and it has a lot of old tiny pop cultural art world references that really just spoke to me in a way that I needed to be spoken to. Um, he's, he's a really interesting person. And that was a recent one that I found really, really interesting. Well, cool. haven't heard of that one. It's good. Put it on Maybe the list. We'll, we'll drop it in the show notes. Totally. Um, also kind of a fun one. What is your like funniest, silliest work from home habit? You know how, uh, my freshman year roommate said to me um, shortly after we started our fall quarter of college, I think I had done something insane, like put away like a whole, and I mean, physically in my body, put away a whole jar of peanut butter or a whole box of cinnamon toast crunch or something. And she said something to me along the lines of like, that's how dogs eat. And then they make themselves sick. <laughs> so I do that in my adult life now with liquid. I have a full-blown, and I don't mean drinking problem in the 12 steps way. I mean that right now on my desk, I am looking at a coffee. I am looking at four LaCroix, two kombuchas, a flat water, a Nalgene, and a tea. Um, and it is so deeply inappropriate. Um, I cannot get enough beverages. This was the job that I have now. I started in, um, in last October and was only in the office for about three and a half months before it was time to work from home. But even in that short time, people knew that like I was going to roll into a meeting carrying at least three drinks. Um, and that has really, um, really amplified itself um, as I work from home. And it's disgusting, but I'm very well hydrated. <laughs> you know, that I had a sneaking suspicion you might tell that story. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, I think we maybe have bonded about our water consumption um, levels. Oh, yeah. We both drink a considerable amount of liquid. Mm -hmm. And we do mean water, sparkling water, Diet Coke, those kinds of liquids. And um, it seems to 
Maybe we bonded over that. Is there anything you miss about going to an office? Ah, that's such a good question. I mean, yeah, I miss, this is kind of a funny answer, but I, I, I miss the commute certainly. Um, because now I don't have that, that additional space to separate from my home and my work. So I don't have that time to a sit on a train or sit in my car and prepare for the day, listen to podcasts, listen to music, check up on the news. Um, and you know, coming home, same thing. I don't have that time or that space to reflect on what I did, what I need to get done in the coming days and weeks. Um, so I miss, I do miss a commute. My, my commute now is, you know, bedroom to, to office as everyone's is. Um, and so I miss sort of like the separation of church and state. Um, I don't miss, I, I sit in an open office and I, I don't love that. I wear headphones all day because it's as a, as a, a dyed in the wool introvert, um, that is too much noise for me. So I don't necessarily miss that, but I do also miss informal collaboration and turning to the person who sits next to me and saying, Hey, can you look at this or look, look at this weird internet thing. So spinning, you know, back to the 2020, um, we've all had to deal with many different things throughout this year. Right. Um, some people, you know, just worked from home and like everything else kind of stayed staying with their job. They're just at home. Some people lost jobs. Some people has found new jobs, career paths, you know, started businesses. There's so many different things, but we, I think we've all had to find ways to find positivity too. So like, what are kind of some things you've been doing, um, to cope or stay positive or find like some bright spots? That's a really good question. And I don't know that I've always been successful at making lemonade out of some pretty large lemons this year. Um, but one of the things that we did in our house for a period of time and then fell off and then kind of started to do again and will be embarking on, of course, in January, um, is this, this sort of wellness program called Plus Minus. And it was a list of, I mean, pretty basic tasks that we either weren't doing, weren't doing enough of, or were doing too much of. Um, the goal of plus minus was just at the end of the day to get a cumulative 10 pluses. So that could be, I ate a plant-based meal. I did yoga for 30 minutes. I worked out. I went outside. I was off of my screen for two consecutive hours. I read a book. Um, with your minuses being, um, you know, alcohol and fried food and candy. Um, so this is literally like for a child. But as I've said before, I need to puppy myself and also like parent myself. Um, so the tiny steps, I think, and being kind and patient with myself, which is not a strong suit of mine, was certainly very necessary in a trying year like this one. That's a great one. And I adopted that in my house as well. And I've actually been doing it this whole time. You know, you take breaks three days here, four days here. But um, with the thing you didn't mention is when you get those points, those 10 points a day, they add up. 
And then you get to cash those in for like a prize, like well, yeah, a, reward, you get a, present. A, a reward yourself system. So mm-hmm. I think that's an important part of the plus minus. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. We have now in our house, a, a little, a cold brew maker that I really wanted and a new rug, nothing like super high value or bananas, but stuff that was fun to work for. It literally is. I mean, we are using gold stars like a child uses. Um, and when you get, you know, 150 gold stars, you get to do something fun. Yeah. And, uh, I, and the something fun isn't a minus. Like you don't get to like, you know, drink six bottles of champagne in a weekend or whatever. All right. So let's end on a grand note. Um, let's hear your biggest, wisest piece of advice for fellow creatives. I think that the, the advice that I have come back to time and time again, since I was in college really is just be a human being. Um, we are so conditioned to talk about how important and cool we are. And nobody is important. Nobody is cool. Everybody is nervous and anxious and floundering and has questions and sometimes farts on the train. Um, So if we can bring humility and humor and candor and kindness and generosity and gentleness to every situation we approach, um, I, that's, that's just the way that I want to live. And I, I would encourage other people to, to do the same and know that this is a messy life. Um, and we are in a messy year. And so giving ourselves and more importantly, others, the, the grace that, that everybody deserves, um, I think is really important. So just know that it's hard and we're all struggling, um, and that there is humor to be found in even the deepest and darkest of those struggles. Well, that was a very professional and articulate answer. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Emily, it's been awesome to chat with you and dive into these questions. Um, But I think that's it for this week. I love that. Great. Yeah. Thanks for having Um, me. Let me know if you ever need a guest again. (laughs) Oh, of course. Thank you. Um, And we will talk to all of you so soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Artist at Work. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Instagram and Twitter under the handle at Artist at Work Pod, and our website is theartist-atwork.com. We'll see you next time.